Hello. Hello. Welcome to Mind Body Body Stuff. Stuff. I'm Kaylee. I'm Bernice. We've been getting trained in how to make better podcasts. But look how big our lines are. Up close to the microphone. Uh Uh-oh. And I can smell your vanilla chai. Very smell good? Very intensely. Can you smell the coffee in my breath? Mm -mm, Because my sweetness has overcome. Okay, good. Um, Can you smell the coffee on my breath? Well, I always think that's gross. I love coffee. coffee. It's a very bitter smell. I love to drink it, but I hate to smell it. On their breath. Not when coffee is brewing. No, on their breath. Yeah, on their breath. I'm always like, whoa. I know, me too. I always feel bad when I've been drinking coffee. I try to stand back from people. So I'm sorry. Or how about alcohol? Oh, yeah. Or you can smell it the next day. The next day I was sitting next to a woman. I'm sorry, we're digressing, but I was sitting next to a woman Are in a you basketball guys surprised? tournament <laughs> last weekend. It was a kid's basketball tournament and was the grandma of one of the kids. And I was like, hmm, I smell a very strong odor of... Granny's been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely like the night before odor. Yeah. You know yeah, what I the mean? The next day because your body's trying out to of your pores. get rid of it. Yeah. It's gross. not from her breath. Anyway. Anyways. Wow. Woo! So... I actually want to go back to podcast episodes about perception and perspective. Did you hear how good I said that? That was very good. Thank I, you. In fact, it didn't even register to you no. that I struggle. Mm-mm. Thank you. So like I said, that has been showing up in my life so many in so many different ways. And I literally think that understanding this concept is like the key to uh just more peaceful interactions and more compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. I truly believe because so true. it's really interesting how we can be in a very, in, in the same situation as another human being, but it's our perspective, where we're standing, what our life experience has led us up until this point to see situations and to then process them and try to understand them, which then is our, our perception right. of what reality is how or what the, it. yeah, or what the situation is. How and, we take that information in and then send it back out. Yeah. Kind so of in a weird way. Well, yeah, or just how I think how we just how we process it. So how we view like, it. It's the same thing like the glasses. It's like if I have my glasses on, boy, everything's coming through that one filter. Right. Or that whatever filter I put on. It's a weird because I it's really interesting. Try not to do but that. But I think even with with it doesn't even have to just be a filter, it can just be like an education mm-hmm. too. Like so in the case of um, what happened on Saturday with the um, with the Native American elder? What's his name? Nathan Phillip. Nathan, Nathan Phillips. Phillips. And then the young man, whatever his first name is, Sandman. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really fascinating how it was like. First of all, the media kind of jumped on the on on the the boy and the school, and you know, just everything was about him being smirk and blah 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 blah. And then they showed. I guess videos that came out later that are longer videos from a different perspective. And then they're showing, I don't know, maybe the conflict could be interpreted differently. I didn't watch those longer videos, but then I heard people being like, you have to see both sides of the story. Like you can't judge it from one perspective. And then one of um, a woman who I'm friends with on Facebook, she posted the most eye-opening article about this, this subject, but really about life. And the article title is um, we see things not as they are, but as we are. Mm. And I thought that that was so true because she basically asks us to look at the images and look at the pictures. And depending on who you are, you're going to see the situation differently. So she says basically like, who does your heart go out to in those photos? Like, who does your heart go out to? Who are you feeling for? And for me, I was definitely feeling for the Native American 
elder. elder. And I just like, it, it was really a painful thing to watch me or to what for me to watch that happen. But then I realized that other people were looking at those photos and, and seeing a young man and thinking that could be my son mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, like it, you may associate with being a mother and looking and having a teenage boy, his same age, or, you know, you may see a young man who, you know, if you're very, very strongly against abortion, you're going to see a young man who is there standing up for, you know, unborn babies, like depending on your belief system, your education, what you stand for, you're going to see that situation in a really different in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was so fascinating that she was like, think about like when you look at these images and in, in these videos, like how, like it's, it's basically who you are that that's, you're seeing it through your life experience, your education, your beliefs. And, and it, it was just fascinating to me how this is such a great example of how we are so divided because not that we're bad people or not that we are so vastly different. It's just we have different perspectives on situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why we need great leaders, by the way, mm-hmm. because great leaders show the many ways to perceive something, that it's not always the way we think it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Kind of like what you talked about last week when you're like, maybe. Yeah. Or uh, two weeks ago. And... um that's why we're we're missing leadership here, I think, too, in terms of perceiving, helping us understand that it is our perceptions and clarifying for us, maybe hearing from both parties, too. Like, mm-hmm. what a gift would that be? Mm-hmm. Like, where are you coming from? Where right. are you coming from? As right. a leader, you bring people together. You don't divide people apart. I think that's such a good point. And unfortunately, I think um, because of our leadership, we're only um, being divided further. And I think, yes, like I obviously have personal preference in all of this situation. And I think that there is definitely racism here at play and white white male privilege at play. Like I'm not ignoring that any of that stuff is at play in this situation. But I am, I, I just liked her article and I'm going to, I'll share the article um, when we post about this podcast. But I just want to, I just want to read what she says. She says, I look at Sandman and I see a young man who didn't know what to do with his discomfort, so he listened to his instincts that told him to save face no matter the cost. I'm guessing, of course, I don't know, but I recognize that uncomfortable smirk and it's the outward expression of an internal fight between fear and posture. I see a son and a young anti-choice activist, a half-grown man who made the worst, most predictable choice when he met someone who was not like him. Are you looking at Sandman with compassion? There's someone else's son on the tape too. Notice which person you protect instinctively because you can imagine his emotional state and which person person you assume is fine because his emotional state feels totally foreign to you all people have all feelings what was philip's feeling in that crowd of young men an elderly man armed with prayer and a drum open up your empathy and anyway she goes on and on and on and uh i just i just really it it totally reconfirmed a lot of the different things that I've been thinking about when there's been like discord or discomfort or misunderstanding in my personal life mm-hmm. and just to see it play out on this national scale I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's it really fits in well with, you know, understanding who you are, what you perceive, how you perceive things. Uh-huh. And then asking yourself, is that true? 
Yes. Right. Is that true? Even, you know, we'll get feedback from certain things. And then right away, as we've been talking about, we go, a lot of times I go personal. Like, I'm like, it's about me. Oh, absolutely. Always about me, as mm-hmm. we talked about. And most of the time, it's not. It's so funny you said that because <laughs> you guys know that I, um, like, I... I follow Yoga Girl, who's um, on Instagram. She has like 2.1 million followers. I listen to her podcast. Um, there's been a lot of kind of like funny synchronicities. Synchronicity. Um, just like with some of the things that we were working on at Ula and then she posts about. But anyways, the point is she was she had a podcast the other week and she was – she had her best friend on and they were laughing about like uh, a writer or a reader wrote in and said like um, they were asking them questions and she's like she asked her best friend she's like what's the most annoying thing about Rachel which is yoga girl and her best friend was like said something about how like well she just like reacts emotionally so quickly to situations and um and Rachel laughed and she said you know it's so funny because she uh she had a reading with an an astrologist once and he said I bet you I bet you think that your purpose here is on this on this earth is like to you know how to like generate energy and like hold space for people and all this stuff that she does all the time I mean she has 2.1 million followers on Instagram and she has these massive retreats and teacher trainings and all this stuff and she's like yeah yeah definitely and he's like but actually your purpose in this lifetime is basically like how to not let your emotional reaction be the first thing that happens and um her friend and she oh, was in awesome. rachel started laughing she's like that's so true because something will happen to me and dennis her husband and she's like and i always always first think it's a personal attack and dennis is always like it has nothing to do with us what are you talking about and she's like an event and her best friend was laughing she's like yeah eventually you become logical but your initial response is always to be like super hot fiery emotion and always like think it's about you or take it personally yes and rachel was laughing and she's like that's so true but i think that's so many of us do that we just think it's about us yes all uh, most we of just us think do. oh this has to do with me yeah this is a this is because of me right or they acted that way because they don't like me well, right we don't think about what kind of day they're having or they're writing this because they didn't like this thing that i did yes, you know exactly and then if you read further if i ask myself that question though is it really about you be and then I read further into it and then I start seeing them as a human separate from me yeah 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 then I think oh this could be about a variety of subjects that's also not necessarily about me or what I did or you know I mean I might be mentioned in it but it's it's if I read it closely it's a much broader topic for the person yeah that's so true because even when we were talking about last week's podcast with like when your light dims and a lot of and there was a a beautiful post in the community page Mm. about uh, a a woman and a friend and she was just talking about her how her light with Ula dimmed and I started to take all of her, her I took her posts and all of the comments so personally yeah and I was like personally triggered by a lot of it and then I had to be like this isn't about me, or maybe it is, but I it's it's really not my concern. No, and it's a great discourse. And it's it's great. But and it's I, for like, me, it's like once I get past me ex- yes. Even even for what happened with um the Native American drummer and the boy, mm-hmm. um, it's a discourse we need to have. Yes. This is an important discussion mm-hmm. and an important thing for all of us to explore, depending mm-hmm. on what side you're on or mm-hmm. if you're in the middle, it doesn't matter. But for all of us, those are the gifts sometimes. Sometimes you're like, oh, oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Am, how am I looking at this? Yes. And then you start seeing your stuff. Yes. And then if you're, if you're good at it, you start seeing their stuff. 
Totally. Right? And then your then your world expands. Now, I'm not saying be tolerant of bad things. This is mm-hmm. not. But even Nelson Mandela was so good about saying, you know, he was held captive for so long. And yet that's what gave him the strength to lead his country. Totally. Because he understood captivity. But then he also began to understand his captors. Mm-hmm. It's a great... Yeah. And, then, and then it opens him up, actually, to have the discourse with the captors. Yes. What's going on here? Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, what is? Yeah. This is my perception. I feel unsafe when yes. I'm around you. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, I feel unsafe around you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So anyway. Yeah. And like just going back to the article, um, she says, and it's exactly what you're saying. Is so she says, so I'm bringing motherhood, feminism, and a white person's attempt to support racial justice to my reaction Very. to this event. So Only you understand. Yeah. You just own like what your perspective is. And, and just owning that your reaction to an event is based on all that you personally are bringing to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. All that I've been taught. All that I know. All that I believe. And then hopefully you have the opportunity to even expand yeah. on that. And on then what get I yourself know. out of it. Mm-hmm. And see see the situation like, yeah, it just... From a varied viewpoint. Yeah, from varied viewpoints. Yeah, I think that's a gift. It's like, if you're only taking a photo, like they said, it was important how they filmed it too. Oh, for sure. Some some videographers were like, it was very important how it was filmed, how we got that clip. Very tight. Tight on his face. On his face. Yeah. Um, If it had been filmed more expanded or from a different viewpoint, vantage point, it might have looked very, very different to us. I just find this so fascinating. <laughs> but that's how filmmakers, you know, that's how they oh, know yeah. how to do stuff. Because yeah. they're like, well, if I film it here, yeah. you're going to feel compassion for Kaylee. Yes. But now if I film it over here, you're going to feel compassion for Bernice. It's so crazy how you can manipulate things with that too, though. Yes. Like it, There's so much power in that yeah. as well, though. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trying to persuade someone or whatever. Like, oh, very good it's point. It's so interesting how you tell a story or how you show a story or, yes, how, how it can be so manipulative. Yes. You have to be really careful. Very careful and very aware if you're actually doing that of what you're doing. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, think about how much control the media has. Has on our minds and what we believe to be like right uh fair or it's it's so inflammatory like everything is so inflammatory well, right and nowadays now. it's weird it's almost like um you know like 50 years ago there'd be newspapers all around the country mm. there'd mm-hmm. be a newspaper here there'd be a newspaper in belgrade there would be a newspaper in honolulu you Aren't know they're still they're still but <laughs> but most of our information now we filter through social media oh we totally and we do. filter through maybe one two or three sites and social media so it's knows. very unusual suddenly we're in this expanded realm of information mm-hmm. but we're getting our sources, many of us from two or three, we're getting our information from two or three sources. Mm-hmm. Very different than the old days where you might have had access to, maybe I'll go to the library. Maybe I'll read up on, you know, what yeah. Martin Luther wrote back in whatever, you know. Well, it's it's interesting you say that too because I was just reading an article about how um, the world is, at least the, the U.S., is actually a lot safer now than it actually ever was before but a lot of people are more scared now and they're more afraid so the article was about the importance of getting your kids outside to play even if it's cold out and they were just yeah because we're all like it's not safe yeah and and they were saying how it's just because we have access to so much news we can read all of these 
these scary, horrendous, awful things that are happening around the world. And it makes us scared. But actually what they're saying is it's probably safer now for our kids to be like outside, outside playing the park. than it was maybe for me as a kid. Yeah. Um, but I feel more fear about it because I have just so much access to too much information. Very and good it's, point. it's unhealthy. I think we need to be so careful about about the information that and we're letting in. awesome. Like what a gift that we it have is. access to information. But yeah, be aware of where we're getting it from. And Well, and because we can have it so immediately just with my phone, I realized that that is, I, I, I came to this conclusion last night as I was like, oh, I wonder what the weather's going to be like in Missoula tomorrow. And so I can, I know that immediately, immediately I can get the answer and then it, it removes me from the present moment. Oh. And so then I'm like spending more, I have the access to the information. So then I go for it. Yeah. But like maybe 20 years ago, I would think, hmm, I wonder what the weather is like, is going to be like in Missoula tomorrow. But I wouldn't disconnect from my children. I would just have that thought, that wondering. Mm -hmm. And then maybe at a later point, I would go look in the newspaper or whatever. But I just, I find it like, I know for me that it becomes so addictive to be able to have access to information and then to take up that opportunity. And I need to stop doing that. Like, it's okay to not have the answer to every single, I don't need to know exactly what date Easter is at this very moment. (laughs) I don't need to know everything, anything that I could possibly want to know. I don't need to know it in that moment. But we 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 can, so we do. We went to see the movie The Favorite and then right in the movie, I'm like, who is Queen Anne? And then right there, you start Googling on on my phone and Mike's like, you're not watching the movie. And I'm like, oh, right. Sorry about that. Um, But it's that weird access to information. I just wanted to know her history, who she was. I didn't know about her. Um, But then I I wasn't enjoying the movie. Exactly. Because you disconnected from the And then I started bothering the people next to me. I'm like, she did have 17 pregnancies. Like just, (laughs) and they're like, shh, we're trying to watch the movie. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I actually am thinking about taking Facebook and Instagram off my phone. Mm. I know. It's kind of a scary thought. But it's, it's, it's so, it's just, I'm feeling very like, I want to reduce distraction. That's a good idea. Yeah. Because most of the information I'm like. And it would still be on your computer. Yeah. yeah, I can go check in on my computer whenever I need to, because we do a lot of work. Like I do have a lot of work on Facebook, not so much Instagram. Thank you. Everybody else who does that for us. Thank you. Um, But I do, I think that it's time for me to just reduce the distraction in my life. That's what I did last night because I had my phone out and then I was first on Facebook. Then I was reading all the news because I went down the mm-hmm. rabbit hole of the news. Mm-hmm. Then I read about a guy who survived the attack on Kabul. <laughs> I was like <laughs> totally fascinated. And then I then I went into back into Facebook. Then I'm like, oh, I'll play a game. Then I played my word game. And then suddenly I saw this book on my side table. Yeah. And it's about called Being Mortal by the guy. It's a doctor writing about um, end of life experiences oh, and how we can improve that in our in our medicine, medicine, how we can treat aging better. And suddenly I'm like, put your phone down, put it down and look at this book. Yeah. And I put it down and I read for like an hour. And don't you feel healthier? I felt way healthier. And like I was really like our information also is in these little snippets. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I really settled in with how he's he's starting the book, like why he did this book, why he thought it was important mm. to talk about death and dying. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should do this every night because yes. now our son is watching us. Yeah, I know. And he goes and he has a little phone. Um, it doesn't, it only works on the Wi-Fi at home. Yeah. But suddenly I see him in there and all he's doing is watching um, NBA videos. Mm-hmm basketball videos which i'm like i mean not the best thing not all the time 
Like, but then not... he sees you. And he's doing what he, like, I want to play my wordscape game. He wants to watch basketball players yeah. play. And I just thought, oh, no. Uh-huh. He's not reading any of the books on his shelf. Yeah. Um, he's not really, none of us are really interacting. Yeah. We're just on our phones well, they, cause or I, computers. And w- one argument that I personally have even used is like, well, when I was a kid, we watched tons of TV. What's the difference between a big screen and a little screen? But, but we the, watched but the together. Yeah, the difference is it was together. That's such a good point. And you were all doing it together. It yes. was a shared activity. Yes. And that was, that was fascinating what to me. What a shared activi- activity? I know, right? So I'm trying to be really conscientious of that. And like, I don't know. I think it's just a struggle for modern day modern people. day people yeah we my husband and i talked about it. i'm like we should just have no screen time mm-hmm. after a certain like you what you and rob did what you mm-hmm. had talked about and i think maybe we'll try yeah. that like because it just is very isolating too i think you're just on your own little thing down your own little rabbit well, holes and going back to the podcast from last week like when your light dims i feel totally dimmed out when i've been on my phone too long it's like i'm like i, I think that's I why was, i was depressed over the holidays because you were on your phone too much i was on my phone too because i had nothing i didn't have as much and work. that's probably why i was depressed too because i'm on my phone or my computer just laying there or i'd look watching at my, little my husband he would have his computer on so i'm like I guess I'll put mine on. I guess on. I'll put mine on. And then I'd look at Ray and he'd have his phone on or he'd have my other little computer watching his NBA videos. And I'm like, I guess I have no one to talk to. And then yeah, I yeah, would feel yeah, sure. super lonely and that nobody loved me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and always there goes we go back, back to, that. to perspective. <laughs> just trying to prove always that I'm unlovable. And that was a great way to prove it. Instead of just saying, hey, guys, can we turn our devices off? Yeah. Let's go for a walk or let's yeah. watch a TV show. Together. together. Yeah. Because then we have a discussion about it afterwards. Yeah. Like, what happened, you know, yeah. to the seals in Antarctica? I don't they know. They died because the ice is melting. Because we were all on our phones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if seals die because the ice is melting. Polar bears. Polar they bears die because the ice, is, ice melting. is melting. Seals, I don't know if that's their cause. Yeah, death. I don't know what's happening to the seals. Anyways, I think we're ready to start actually talking about our podcast topic <laughs> for this week. But that was good stuff. We needed to revisit. Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking about, like, I mean. And especially we, what just happened with oh, that yeah. whole. When we record these podcasts, and then I listen to them usually on Monday or Tuesday. I don't think you ever listen to them, do you? I listen to them sometimes. Sometimes yeah. you do. On high speed. Oh, I always listen to them on high, high speed. speed. I listen to every podcast Then on I can't listen to my laugh so loud. Sorry. <laughs> I, it's funny and fast forward, though. I kind of like oh, it. Oh, it sounds fast. <laughs> It's higher. It's like higher too. Um, but and then, but then it just it, it it makes me think about it all over again. And like we said, we don't really plan for these podcasts. We just talk about what comes out of our mouth, and it's not always clear, concise thoughts. It's just kind of what's going on in there. And so I'm glad we revisited some of these things because they keep coming up. Like I swear to you, this perspective and perception thing mm, it is big. it is like life changing for me. Big. It's it's one of the biggest things I think that's happening in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and then yes, just the the light dimming and just yes. it's 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 really interesting. Um but today, so last week I was having uh, breakfast and and coffee with one of my friends. Hello, Hi, brunch. you're listening. I know you're listening right now. But we were talking about um, who is she it? suggested. I try not to say their names just good. in case. I mean, sometimes they slip out. I'm all jealous. Um, actually, I'm not just a joke. You came to the end of that. I know. I just said I was joking. Okay. <laughs> um, but we were talking. And she's like, you know, what would be a really good podcast topic is like, why is it so hard to ask for help or to accept help? And 
it totally is. And I, I think we were like talking about the last podcast about like light dimming and, or, or we were talking about just, you know, having these small children and how things feel overwhelming and, you know, and just why is it so hard to ask or accept help? And she, and, and we were laughing because, um, she had said to me right when I had Frankie, she was like, honestly, Kaylee, she's like, text me and I will come over and I will wash her dishes. And I told her, I was like, when I read that text from you in my mind, I was like, no effing way would I ever let you come over and wash my dishes. Mm-hmm. And I care about her a lot. And I know that she cares about me. And, and I she know, wouldn't just say that. And she wouldn't just say it. And she wouldn't judge me if I actually asked her to come over and wash my dishes, which would have taken 15 minutes so that I could go take a shower or something. So why, why, why am I unable to ask for help or even accept the help that is offered from somebody that I know cares about me and who I care about as well? Mm-hmm. And I would do the same thing for her. Why Why is it so hard to accept help? And you guys came up with an interesting um, answer. Yeah, so the I more thought... we talked about it, and she, suge- she, she said this, and I was like, oh my God, that's so brilliant. She said, because in our culture, in our society, um, we have a really hard time saying no to people. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody asks you to do something, like I think especially as, as, as a woman. But again, I want to go back to my perspective of being in this world is from a white female perspective. So pretty much everything that I'm talking about is if I'm talking about my own personal experience is through the voice of a white female Mm -hmm. who is, you know, pretty well off and privileged. Mm -hmm. So again, everything comes through that filter. But, um, because I think a lot of women have a really hard time, um, with with how we're perceived and so we don't want to come off as mean or as too assertive or as not kind and so I think it'd be really hard for us if if a friend asked for help I think it'd be really hard for a lot of us to say um no I'm sorry I can't help you today right although because we don't want to come off as mean yeah that's true you know well and plus if you ask for help you have to be willing to accept it Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just thinking about this this morning is that um, we have, I think our society has a fear of being seen as less than. Mm-hmm. So even when you're putting it out there, like, yes, I feel suicidal today or something. <laughs> and then someone's like, well, I can help. I'm like, well, I don't need help. Totally. You know, I yeah. feel like, I feel like it's there's, I'm saying that I'm less than. Yes. And um, it's so hard for us to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Our society is so pumped up about strength. Yes. Like all the time, it's always like all the posts. How about the post you guys see? It's all, you got this. Yeah, right. You know, power to the, you know, it's all about like yes, overcoming stuff. Yes. And sometimes I just don't feel like I got that. Well, even like the language we use, like, I'm going to kill it today. Yeah. Like it's all this like overpowering, like, you know, just I can do this. Even the empowerment stuff is like, you can do it. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, maybe I can't. Maybe I can't. But it's like this this constant filter, this constant mm-hmm. push of like, you can, you can, you can. Yeah. And it's very hard for us to be perceived as vulnerable. Yeah. I think for me, it's hard for me to be like, even though I'm like, like the other day, a person came in here and I had been talking about my unlovable qualities um, that I talk about on podcasts a lot, as you guys mm-hmm. know. But she came in and she said um, to the back office and she said, I just want you to know that I love you. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, I just wanted to share that with you. It made me break down immediately. Mm -hmm. One, because I don't want people to think I need people to say that they love me. Um, Right. But it was what I wanted to hear. But it was that vulnerable piece that we're so willing to cover up. 
-hmm. So willing to talk about logically sometimes, Mm -hmm. but not really willing to say, yes, please come in and do my freaking dishes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, please, please do that for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, we went skiing again this past weekend at, um, at this ski hill discovery. And then we went to the hot springs after and, so like we had, which is a big deal. I mean, I think it's pretty cool that we're getting out there. And like Rob had uh, with an infant with a six week old. So Rob had Huxley and Piper, and they were up doing the chairlift, and we we were up there with some friends. And I had Frankie, and I was outside, and I was holding her, and we both had slippery clothes on, and she didn't want to be in the carrier. So I'm trying to change out of my ski boots and into my just regular <laughs> boots. And so I've got like Frankie in this like weird position, and she's just screaming Uh and another mom came up who does ula and i know her through well i used to work with her a long time ago but um she comes to ula and she looked at me and she's like let me hold let me hold her so you can change your shoes and my initial response was no oh yeah i can do this but it's like (laughs) but why do i have to if there's a woman who i know and i trust and she has twins it's almost like we're not taught to accept it we're not taught It, it makes us feel like like and I don't ever want to put people out of like their way. Like I don't want to. But bother of course people. it's not because she came up to you. You weren't even asking no, her. No, and she had twins. Like she has yeah, been you totally in the. Know the woman thick can of it. do this. Yeah, yeah. And then she like totally calmed Frankie down. Like I was able to change my shoes and put my boots where I needed to, and then I could like go meet the rest of my family. And it was, it was fine. Like, but why was I so resistant to it? Like my initial like internal gut thing was to be like, no, I've got it. But why? It's a. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a great question to ask. And then another thing, you guys. This is just a hilarious story. So, I think it's funny. So we were at Fairmont uh, Hot Springs, and so we were with another couple, and they've got two young daughters. And so Rob took Huxley, my four-year-old, and then um, uh, Danielle, the mom, took the other one of the other kids. And so then it was like me and the other husband in the pool with the little kids. So the the two-year-olds and then Frankie. Frankie had a blowout, went through her clothes. So she's just in a diaper and I'm just trying to kind of manage her. I'm on the side of the pool, not in the pool, just holding her so she stays calm. Piper's in the pool. We forgot the swim diaper. So she's wearing a regular diaper. Oh, yeah. And have you guys ever seen one of those things when they explode? No, I don't know. Okay, so she's with in the, the pool. With the filler up stuff? Oh, yeah. So she's in the pool and all of a sudden she starts screaming, change your diaper, change your diaper, change your diaper, change your diaper. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. So um, the other dad picks her up, hands her to me, and her, I mean, her diaper was Distended. massive. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, so I try to take off her swimming suit, but you guys, those little gel things were all over. And so then he gets out of the pool oh, and we like gosh. hold her over the garbage can so that the the, the, the diaper can stuff. fall into the garbage. But still, it was all the way up to her neck. And so I had to take... I had to take her into the shower and like wash her off. And then I had the screaming infant as well. But like, thank gosh he was there oh, to goodness. take the tiny baby. I, and I just kept thinking like... What if I were by myself? What would I do? Oh, yeah. What would I do if I had the tiny screaming six-week-old who has no clothes on, and then I've got the almost two-year-old who's hysterical because she's got this gel covering her body, her diaper literally exploded Exploded. on her, her. like taking them both into the shower. Like people would have think, would have thought that I was like a, like (laughs) abusing my children. Like the, the sounds coming out of my children were heinous, but it's like, why, like, 
we we aren't used to living so separated. We're not. We're not. We're, and we're not used to communal living anymore. No, we kind of forgot. So we were not used to accepting help. Yes. And like I think- if we live communally. If we all lived together from day one, of course you'd be like, yeah, Danielle, take the kid. Like, yeah, exactly. And you would take her kid, whatever. I mean, you yes. guys would all just be sharing. We'd all be sharing. Mm-hmm. But it's like we've gotten so far away from it and we're so based on strength mm-hmm. that we were just like, even when we need it, we deny it. Right, we do. And even even with people that we care about, like, I don't know why I felt scared to be vulnerable and to be like, I need help right now. Yeah, can someone, I, I, I need I help. felt that all the time with the kids. I'd fly a lot of times alone yeah. with the little ones because Mike had to work yeah. to Hawaii. Oh yeah, that's hard. And I remember like people on the plane trying to be nice. Like they'd be like, oh, let me. Oh, and I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. Even though I'm like sweats pouring down my brow. Yeah. I'm shaking one maybe too violently. Yeah. <laughs> Where I should have been like, Yes. Hold this please, one for one second. Please take or can this? you get my bag mm-hmm. down for me? Because I'd be like trying to wrestle the two kids yeah. and then the big kid. And I'm like, Joe, grab the bag. And I dump it on her head. And then she'd yeah. cry. Yeah. Don't cry. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that bad. Now yeah. carry it. Yeah. But even then I'm teaching her. Yeah. She's Don't learning from help. me. Right. You're just going to power through You're this, gonna power baby. through this. You can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think it is because we don't know how to communally live anymore. No, we don't know how to communally live. And I was, I was thinking about these questions we should ask ourselves because we have to ask ourselves how we view help, mm, you know, how we, and so a lot of the questions you have to ask yourself is about your family of origin stuff. Like mm-hmm. where did you learn about accepting help from? Oh, very interesting. And so one of the questions is when grown, when you, when grown up, what kind of messages did you get um, when you were growing up? What kind of messages did you get about asking for help? Oh, interesting. So when you were growing up, what kind of messages did you get about asking for help? The second one, did your family place more value on doing it yourself or letting others mm. in. Mm-hmm. So kind of asking yourself yeah. what that what the family culture was yeah. about that. And then finally, when you did attempt to reach out in childhood, how did the people in your life respond? Mm. Yeah, because I know in my life, when I would ask for help, when I would reach out, yeah, um, a lot of times it was um, it was negative. Yeah. Like it yeah. was a lot of times, like I remember asking my dad, cause my dad wasn't a great helper. <laughs> it was, and I remember him, I remember being like, could you help me with my shoe? And he's like, not now. Yeah. And I remember being totally like shamed almost like, yeah. remember you, and I'm sure he was shamed. I'm sure that's how he learned it. You don't ask for help. You do it. I sometimes wonder though, if like, because I've felt myself do that with Huxley, but it's because I perceive myself to be too busy in that moment to help her. And I wonder if some of your dad's stuff was that he just was like, I'm too busy. Oh yeah, he was. And there was a sense of he was. That is a simpleton task. (laughs) I have occupied with much bigger things, much bigger things than helping you with your shoe, darling. You know what I mean? Like, but for me, I internalized internalized it it. as, um, and then, and then when people tell me no, Uh I, it it reemphasizes, um, that I'm worthless Mm. instead of just being like, they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. Yeah. But for me, if anyone says no, right away I go like, of course you said no. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an obligation. Yeah. I'm, I'm so a sorry. I'm a you. burden. I'm so sorry. I knew this. Mm-hmm. Again, that yeah. we go back to perception. Yes. Because I'm, yeah. that's not correct how I'm perceiving that. Gosh. A person's just being straightforward and telling me they can't do that right now. We have to be so careful <laughs> with how we raise our kids. We do have to be. Oh my gosh. Because this stuff, like, it lasts. Oh, yeah. And it's long lasting. I love how people are like, um, I know lots of things happen in our lives as we age and yeah. get older and as grownups that are very, and tra- big T, big trauma stuff can get anchored mm-hmm. in the brain for sure. But 
I go back to my daughter's dog. Okay. My daughter's dog, Momi is her name, as a puppy from the age of one week to six weeks did not have enough food. Oh, uh-huh. It was yeah. starving. All yeah. her puppies, the mom was starving. Yeah. The pups were starving. Sure. Um, we knew the owners. They also didn't have enough food for their own family. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't feed their dog. Sure. Um, so Momi was starving from one week to six weeks. How do you think she eats her? From six weeks on, uh-huh. when Joe got her, Yeah, she had more than enough food given to her. Yeah. But of Always. course she's in starvation mode. Always. Constantly. Uh-huh. You put the food down. She immediately wolfs it down as fast yep. as she can because that one to six weeks for her dog life, it got ground into her brain. Well, and I think that when you think about like different generations, uh, like at least in the, in the country, don't you think there was definitely a generation where it was like we were taught, not we, but um, probably my parents, gener- maybe when my parents were a kid, maybe when you or maybe a little bit older were a kid where it was like you had to teach your kids to be tough, toughen them up. Yeah. And you didn't really think that a lot of what was happening to them as a kid was going to have these like lasting effects because effects, they're, ah, oh, they're just kids, you know, right. like, t- oh, they'll forget about it or toughen them up or, you know, whatever. But right. I think that that created a, um, a generation of kind of messed up adults. Well, we're all like, we're super busy. I, look how busy I am. And like emotionally unavailable or not, not able to figure out how to be like sensitive and vulnerable. And we're like, kind of weirdly emotionally, um, like we're like, yes, I'm very depressed. Like we're willing to kind of say that, but we're not really willing to be vulnerable with it. It doesn't seem like, it seems like we're very sort of logical. Oh, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. You too. Did you? Was your light dim? Right. And you're like, yes, it was. Uh huh. But we're not like, what the? How was that like for you? Oh, sure. Like, Good that point. That is huge. Like, yeah. oh my god, my heart goes out to you. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Talk how did to that me about feel? it. Yeah. How did that feel? How did you survive that? Yeah. But we're kind of like, yes, let's process that. You know. Yeah. Almost scientifically. Yeah. Which I. That's also interesting. Don't you think though that um, cycles just really continue and repeat themselves, especially generational, unless you are very conscientious about breaking it. Yes, or like, unless some huge trauma happens to that generation. Or yeah, like I think the uh, Great Depression in the thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. I think the twenties that the people coming up at the turn of the century then were all like party, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. dancing and prohibition ended. Yeah, Victorian era. Then you got pro. You got you. Then you can drink as much as you want. Right. And then suddenly the depression hits. Yes. And then that generation goes. Doosh. Yeah. And they had World War One, And then they all get weird about like, I know uh-huh. those older people are like, I saved my tinfoil. Right. Oh, yeah. For Here's sure. my saran wrap. Uh-huh. You know, everything. Because they came out of that yeah. time of not having enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think the baby boomers are kind of a problem. The they like messed up a bunch of stuff for like, us. Because um, their parents, I think, came out of World War Two. Yeah. And they were the children of the um, Depression people, I think. They were the people growing yeah. up in the uh, in and after the Depression. So the, they wanted the, – the baby boomer parents are like, I'll give you what you need. Yeah. You know, almost like – like, go for it. Well, I think they're, like, overcompensating for all of the, like, the lack of. Yes. And so then I think the baby boomers are like, I have to be successful. I have to have a big home. I have to make it. And I think that they... We're then kind safe of, if we have all this stuff. Yes. So I think they've actually caused a lot of problems for us because they are, like, over... They're trying to swing the pendulum so far in the other direction. Yeah. And yes, I think that there was this, like, um, this fear and this um, scarcity 
uh, mentality. mentality that that they grew up with. So then they're like, I will, I will have the biggest home. I shall overcome. I will make a bunch of money, and I shall overcome. And they're less willing to talk about their emotions, and they're more just like, I can do it. Work, 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 work. And so work. it's interesting, actually, kind of bringing this back to Ula with the I can and I will. It's like it's almost harder for a lot of us. Like I can and I will, not thinking like just accomplishing things, but like I can and I will, like accept help i can and i will like (laughs) feel my feelings today soften you know i can and i will slow down like i think some of these things for us are actually harder than this like i can and i will climb to the top of the mountain you know it's like yeah i see those posts sometimes and now i get all like stop telling me that oh uh uh-huh i don't want to (laughs) i don't i don't want you will climb the mountain i'm like i don't want to i got halfway up and it's windy and cold totally you know what i mean like it's almost like I just like I just want to get back to the bare necessities. Yeah. Like, thank God I have a warm shower. Yes. Maybe I need time to read a book. Yes, exactly. Maybe we should watch a TV show together. You and know I what think I mean? We, and we have to Okay, so we have to one be aware of this, and then two we actually have to be disciplined enough to change it. Ah. As, and we have to model it for our kids. Like there we I, go. you know, the discipline, the part. discipline to do it because it is much easier to be like I am, and sometimes I justify being on my phone because I'm like, but I'm working. Me too. I'm working. I'm like, I have an email right now and they're asking for something. And it's important. Very important. And I think Joe, your daughter made a really good point. She's like, mom, don't answer emails on the weekend because then everyone expects for you to answer on a weekend because you do. But it's if we set the model of, you know what? We don't answer emails on the weekends or after 5 p.m. Then that also shows other people they don't have to be thinking about this stuff after 5 p.m. or the weekend. They don't need to be emailing us on the weekends. They don't need to be, you know, I mean, they can if they they want to. They don't need to be worrying about this stuff. And then waiting for a response. And if we respond right away, then they have to respond. Right. Then suddenly we're in this whole But I feel like that's what happened to the whole world. Yes. Yeah. And we're just like, even when Joe said that, I'm like, you don't understand, Joe. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to be busy. But we also have to be the change. Yeah. And she's like reflecting like exactly what you said. Like, yeah, she was like, no, get don't respond. And it's more difficult for you. You have to be more disciplined to not respond. I do. And that's hard for you not to respond. Very hard for yeah. me not to respond. Because and that's how I, we learned. Yeah. You will climb that mountain. And you're a good girl. And I'm a very good... Did I reach the top? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like... You reached the top. Good job, Bernice. Good job. Now you're worthy. Yes, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And Joe's like, you're, you're worthy by not responding to the email on the weekend. And you're actually giving them more worth, too, by saying... You know what? None of this stuff is actually that big of a deal. Good point. Yes, right. You know, maybe if it's like your kids in the hospital, pick up the phone, answer that. But the, this type of stuff, it's like we all can calm down. Not just yes. about Ula. I'm not talking about Ula right now. I mean, when I say work, and I think that this is maybe something important to to differentiate clarify. or mm-hmm. to clarify, because when I'm talking about Ula, most of the times. Not most of the times, but sometimes I'm just talking about my work. Mm-hmm. So if you guys listening out there are thinking about, you know, when we're talking about Ula, like also it's just thinking about just your work, yes. your job, your job. your job. You don't have to respond to stuff after five. I mean, maybe you do in your job, but how many of us just do it because we think we have to? Oh, I do it because it's my worth is tied up into your t- it. Your worth is tied up into, yes, into how much work you get done. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and I think this actually does come back to asking for help and for accepting help and just being able to show the vulnerableness of you know what i can't actually cook dinner be present for my family and respond to your email right now 
Right. Yeah. You know, but we try to do it all and then it all becomes doled out and dimmed out. I can't be as good of a mom. You get tired too. And you're t- and and I think that's like dimmed out. Like your light is dim if yes. you're constantly constantly tired. Like I know my brain just goes and is constantly trying to figure out what I have to do and what I've actually gotten done. Right. And I'm sick of it. And it's it's great too to think about people at the end of their lives. Yeah, exactly. When you ask them, when you ask anyone reaching the end of their lives, most people will say, it was my relationships. It was the people I love. Mm -hmm. Those times we had together. You're not going about, wow, that email though was way worth it. I mean, if it was an absolutely (laughs) incredible email to someone that you love professing (laughs) your love for them, yes. But any other email probably isn't going to be what you talk about at the end of your life. At the end of your life, you're like, oh my God, I just loved being with these people, the times that we had together. And don't you actually feel honored when somebody asks you to do something pretty intimate for them? Oh, yes, totally. Because it's like, we don't do that. We don't ask for help that often. No. And so I feel like if somebody does ask me for help, I'm like, wow, they really trust me. Oh, yes. That's They're a really willing big deal to in let me into their, into their life, into the mess of their life, into their dirty dishes. And, and be able to see... Yeah. That we're not all perfect and we're right. not all at the top of the mountain. You know, but that you like, were saying even when you had cancer, you had a hard time asking for help. I did. Which is like, <laughs> what a better time than when you're sick. And luckily, one of the neighborhood women's was, women's, women's, one of the women's was a nurse. Uh-huh. Um, and she probably, under, she's seen people go through cancer before. And she just, she, cause she was like, I'll, we'll bring you over some dinners. I'm like, oh no, 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 I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, I can do it. Yeah. I can have cancer, make dinner, and have five children. Yeah. And she... Watch me. I can do it Watch me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a badge. It's like... It's right. It's like a big badge. And Mm -hmm. she just got a bunch of the people without telling me. And then she just brought dinner every Mm -hmm. other night. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my God. Like, it was like, totally touched me. Mm Mm-hmm. And but was very hard for me to accept. But even now, that's one of the things I totally remember. Like she probably doesn't even think that meant much to me. We didn't talk a lot about it. Yeah, I never really profusely thanked her for about it. Mm -hmm. But that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's a shining. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Ah man, I should tell her thank you. Actually, I was just you should. I should reach Can out. Can you to imagine her. how big of an impact that would make if you? If I just said, you know, remember that time? Yeah, yeah. It really meant a lot to me. Yeah, how cool. Anyway, um, but how do we change this? I think we just have to start doing. It. I think this is how we create change. And I mean, this is no brand new idea. I think it was Gandhi who said, <laughs> "Be the change you wish to see in the world." Right? Mm-hmm. But like, if we want these things to change, we actually have to be. We have to be disciplined enough. And I keep coming back to that word because I think that's what it's going to take. Discipline and feeling slightly uncomfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. And being uncomfortable and just saying, yeah, yes, I would really, really appreciate it if you watched my kids for 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. So I could take a shower and actually pluck my eyebrows and maybe even cut my toenails and do all those things that I just don't have time for right now. Personal care. Like seriously, and I like look in the mirror and help. I'm like, no. oh my gosh, look at my <laughs> eyebrows and I'll like pluck a couple and then someone's screaming, ah! I hear somebody like fall, you know, and it's like, well, okay, not right now. That's the end of that. Yeah. But um, anyways. Yeah, that was good stuff. That is 
always good stuff. I think I'm and, and like I said, like I love recording these podcasts because then I just think about them. Yeah, me too. And then I re-listen, you know, next week, and then I think about it again, and then I read all your comments, and I think oh, about I it love some more. The and it's comments, just so, it's so too. great because so. then you guys have other viewpoints too sometimes, yeah. or just reiterate, you know, what you liked. But I love when it's like, and then we thought of this, 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 and it's like, oh yeah, I know, I love it. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's all this week try to ask for help when we need it and actually genuinely accept somebody else's help if they offer it and then maybe also offer to help somebody else. Yes. See I how love that goes. That. Love that. Let's try. Let's try. Okay. Love you guys. Thanks love for listening. Bye-bye.